Are you doing that pre-record thing right now? Do I need to be nervous? Uh, yeah, I'm recording. I've been right warned now. about this. Yeah, I'm recording right now. Yeah, that's what's out. Always yeah. be recording. ABR. Is that your pro tip? I guess. I heard it from somebody. All right, man. You ready? All right, all right, all right, lead heads. We are back with another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. I'm your host with the most, Lefty, bringing you the education, educating the uneducated since 2012 here on the Talking Lead Podcast. Getting ready to go into our eighth season, eight years of Talking Lead goodness. And, uh, if you guys haven't had an opportunity to go back to our last episode, make sure you go back, check out episode 364, where we had Brian Keeney with Occam Defense Solutions, and we had Jay with the League of Pirates. You guys overwhelmed me with emails from the previous episode where we had those two guys on. Uh, just going off our normal topics, we got into a little bit of politics, talked history, and uh, this, uh, this past episode, we talked uh, liberty, and uh, it was a very good episode, and I'm getting uh, great feedback from you guys again. So I think that's going to be a continuing little segment that we do with those two guys, and uh, I don't know. You never know what will happen with that. Uh, but also, we had the AK Corner, not uh, far in front of that one, so make sure you go back check out the Blast AK Corner, where we had... James, is it Bialchek or Bialchek? Yeah, you know it's whatever you want to pronounce it as. <laughs> I, I pronounce it's like a crazy Polish last name. I think it's pronounced Bialchek. I pronounce it Bialzak, and in high school, it was pronounced very differently. <laughs> you, can, you can call it. <laughs> so there you have it from the man himself. Uh, I'll I'll call you, uh, you Bialzak. Yeah. Bialzak. That there works. you go. Uh, it's it's B I A L C Z A K, which I mean that's pretty awesome in and of itself. You got C Z and A K. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As part of your How last do you beat name. That? I mean, uh, you can't. That's that's pretty damn awesome. So and, and James is a good American name, also. I mean, and James, good, you know, solid. Like, yeah, yeah. Five think, presidents were named James. You think, know, I think there's a lot on. of Amish named James too, but we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> no. but uh james joined us on the last ak corner the uh episode 12 season two series not series uh season finale hopefully it's not going to be the series finale because uh, we're planning on doing a season three of the ak corner james is with factory 47 and he was generous enough to present three of you lead heads with prize packages and only two of you have claimed that so far so the third one, and if you don't know who you are, you're going to have to go back and listen to the episode to find out who you are. I'm not going to tell you who you are. Uh, if we don't hear from you soon, uh, we're just going to confiscate that prize package and do with it what we will. We may redistribute it. We may divide it up amongst ourselves. I mean, who knows what we're going to do with that, James? I have no idea. We're crazy around here. Out of a hat. <laughs> you never know what we're going to do. 
Keith likes everything about the great outdoors. He's a lot like us. Whether we're bow hunting in the backcountry or plinking in the backyard, we want to enjoy each experience to the fullest. Keltex 22 caliber P17 is Heath's go-to pistol for a good time on the range, on the trail, and anywhere in between. Weighing in at only 14 ounces with a full magazine, its compact size makes it easy to conceal or tuck away in a small pack, pocket, or space. It comes out of the box ready with a fiber optic front sight, a threaded barrel, a Picatinny rail, and a price point for any budget. With three 16-round magazines, it's ready for hours of pure, unadulterated enjoyment. It's easy, it's affordable, it's accurate, and it's a damn sweet marvel of plinking innovation. The Keltec P17. It's more bang for less buck. Uh, but we've got a big announcement uh, from Factory 47 and the Talking Lead podcast. We're going to make that announcement here in just a little bit. Uh, but first, James, you know what I hear? I hear that talking. Hear? I hear that talking lead jack wagon train. So, Gunny, bring uh-huh. that train in. Hooray, simplified do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. Um, so the train has stationed, and we've got a few Jack Wagons. we got some heroes that we want to acknowledge. And uh, true to form, I'm going to default to our guest this week, James, with Factory 47. And uh, you want to you start off with a Jack Wagon or a hero? Oh man! So do you want like kind of comical or serious for the first drop here? <laughs> let's let's do serious for the first drop. Okay, serious. So my hero this uh, fine episode is I, I'm sure you saw this, but on September 11th, President Trump awarded the Medal of Honor to a Delta Force Army Ranger uh, who was a part of a. Um, a rescue mission to rescue over 70 hostages. And you can read up on the full citation, whatever, but anytime I find a Medal of Honor citation, it's it's extremely motivating and humbling. And, uh, and I try to keep up on all the latest ones, and I think it's an amazing thing. So this, this gentleman's name is also Thomas Paine, which oh. I don't think you can get. We talked about Maine, an American name a minute ago. Yeah. You can't get any more American than Thomas Paine. This Spelling on pain is different, but it doesn't matter. And uh, <laughs> when you read the citation, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. When you matter. read the citation, it, it's absolutely amazing what this what this guy did, and uh, and a true American hero. So, so I don't think anybody could argue with hero there. Tom Payne. Well, what's that? Thomas Payne uh, is also an actor from The Walking Dead. He was Jesus on The Walking Ooh. Dead. But. He wasn't a Delta Force Medal of Honor. And here's what's neat, too. This guy is the first living Delta Force member to receive the Medal of Honor and only the third Delta Force recipient after um, Master Sergeant Gary Gordon and Sergeant First Class Randy Sugarhart from Mogadishu. So very, very cool stuff. The guy deserves mad props. And if you haven't heard about it yet... um, Thomas Patrick Payne? What's that? Thomas Patrick uh, Payne? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so. United States Army Delta Force Sergeant Major and Instructor. He was born and raised in South Carolina. And after graduating high school there, he joined the Army in 2002. He was a rifleman and sniper before becoming a special operations team member. 
He has been deployed 17 times, including to Iraq and Afghanistan, where he sustained a serious grenade injury in 2010 that nearly ended his career. In 2015, he participated in a hostage rescue mission, which is what you're talking about, in an area of northern Iraq controlled by Islamic State, for which he was awarded the United States Medal of Honor for hero- heroism on September 11th, 2020. How fitting. September 11th. So, yeah, think about this for a second. Most people, young young people today or even young adults, can't leave their home for like a night without losing their damn mind. This guy deployed 17 times. Yeah. 17 times. These are these are like deployments are not one week, one month. These are this guy deployed 17 times. That takes brass balls in and of itself and then you add on what his deployments are. He's not uh, you know, handing out basketballs at a gym, not that, you know, I'm taking anything away from uh, support personnel, but this guy is a, 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 a door kicker. I mean, he's a grunt. He's the, he's, he's a the sniper on man. the ground. He's a sniper. He's, he's, I, he's Served as a you sniper. know, uh, yeah. he is efficient. And, and so he's the mission for 17 deployments and, uh, you know, and keeps going back for more. I mean, like you said, he, he's, he's been wounded, you know, he's taking it for our country here. And I mean, mad shout out, mad props, mad respect, and uh, thank you very much, Thomas Paine, for all you do for, you know, America. So yeah, absolutely, that's I my agree. hero. That's a great one, man. That's a great one to start it off with, definitely. Uh, but I mean, there's a whole thing on him. I, I can see. Uh, I mean, I guess his career's still going on. He's still enlisted, uh, so he's still got a lot more to do. No doubt. Um, Probably start seeing some books and stuff about him. Maybe a movie. Who knows? Yeah, uh, who knows? That hostage rescue mission sounds like a something for a good movie. It's a it's a heck of a read for sure. Uh, from what I was able to dig into a couple of weeks or a week ago, or whatever when that uh, was released. So, anyways, so keeping on that same vein, um, we'll go to Leadhead Ed, who sends in this Leadhead Brigade hero. And uh, this is a Facebook link. He likes sending me Facebook links for some some reason. Ed. This is from Concealed Nation. And the story headline reads, As an armed citizen, I can only hope to have the survival instincts and mindset of these officers. And this was published 9-14 of this month. And it says, A few days ago, an unknown man walked into a Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputy's vehicle or walked up to a vehicle and opened fire. Both officers who were sitting inside were shot, one in the head and the other in the face. And it says, this woman showed her will to survive, and one of them was a female, uh, obviously. Uh, She had a winning mindset. She was shot twice in the face, multiple times in her arms, and she stood tall and refused to give up. She placed a tourniquet on her partner, she coordinated emergency response and got herself and her partner off the X, all while providing cover to her partner, who was also shot multiple times in the head and arms. And all the while, protesters were blocking the hospital entrance and cheering for the death of these officers. That's horrible. That's, that's just unacceptable right there. Where are you standing, America? Take time to draw the line, the article goes on to, to say. So uh, I'd heard about this, but I hadn't read a lot of details about this this shooting. Have you heard about this shooting that happened? I have not. 
That's the first I've heard of it. I mean, there's one. That's one of many that that have happened during these protests. I mean, these people are just going up and uh, just trying to execute police officers. It's it's completely ridiculous. But this uh, this female officer, her training kicked in, and uh, she was able to get herself and her partner to a hospital. I don't know if her partner survived or not. So, Leadhead, you're gonna have to Leadhead Ed, you're gonna have to send me more info on this. Give me a follow-up. I'd like to uh, know more about this story. But, yeah, she's definitely a hero. And, of course, those uh, those protesters, they call them. Uh, I don't call them protesters. I call them uh, terrorists. terrorists. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what they the are. The protest is frustrating your opposition to something. Causing chaos and harm and hurting people puts you in the terrorist category. Yeah. And there are legitimate protesters out there. Don't get me wrong. You know, I don't think that everybody out there is a terrorist. I think there are people that have legitimate uh, right. I mean, I know they have the rights to be out there protesting and doing it properly. Uh, but at the same time, these terrorists, these Black Lives Matters, these Antifa terrorists are um, hijacking the protest uh, and turning it into the riots and, and things that we're seeing, the, all the violence. So that's all I'm going to say about that on this, this episode. But go back to last episode where we had Brian and Jay on, and we talk about liberty, and we talk a little bit more about that stuff too, about these Black Lives Matter people call themselves anarchists, but they are the complete opposites of what anarchists are. All right, so next one, this is going to be a jack wagon. And this comes from Chris Brannon. And Chris would like to nominate Netflix as our jack wagons. And I've heard several people <laughs> that, have, that have canceled their Netflix subscriptions because of, of this show or whatever they've got on. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's called Cuties. And uh, Chris says... AKA the sexual exploitation of children, child abuse, child porn. They deserve a first class ride from Gunny strapped underneath the train. So he feels strongly about this nomination. And he goes on to say, I canceled my subscription and noted the reason why, and I refuse to give them another dime of my money till they pull that sadistic child abuse and the FBI gets through investigating them. I'm very aware that many other places, people and businesses exploit people, children, women, and so forth, but this is a hill worth dying on. I heard others do the same. We must speak and vote with our wallets. I mean, for big corporations like that, that's the only way for them to make them hear you. You know, you got to pull your subscriptions. You can't give them any more money. Uh, but I have, I've heard about this, but I've not actually seen this on Netflix. Maybe they've already pulled it. I don't know. Uh, but I was watching Netflix I, uh, last night. And I saw it as a uh, kind of like the featured program when it first was put up there uh -huh. for a good solid week or two. And, you know, you could tell from the screenshot that this was obviously unacceptable for anybody with half a brain. And uh, then it's definitely not the featured thing on mine anymore. So I don't yeah. know if it is buried deeper, but I, I have not heard that they took it down. And uh, I just want to also make note real fast that I like the way he worded his whole thing to you there. That was beautifully written. So yeah, I, I agree with his nomination, Jack Wagon, and that was well worded. <laughs> yeah, 
Netflix, C-U-T-I-E. I'm going to see if it's still on. And I'm educating myself on it because I, I, I honestly have not. I've heard people talk about it. I think actually Jay talked about it last episode too, and he said that he canceled his Netflix subscription uh, because of this too because we were talking about another show that, that was on Netflix. Um, so it says, 11-year-old Amy starts to rebel against her conservative family's traditions when she becomes fascinated with a free-spirited dance crew. And that's all the def- that's all the the thing they give me here on the the Google that I googled it and went yeah, to that Netflix. Sounds, that, sounds like very, uh, that sounds like a very filtered description of what because it is. the that I've heard and even read prior to all the 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 real kind of controversy was that this girl joins a twerking team to win some twerking competition. So it's eleven year olds shaking their asses. Oh, which again, like if you have half a brain, you know that this is unacceptable. Um, and I think it's a shame when we talk about and Netflix. It's, it's like rated TVMA also. So that ought to tell you something. That's, yeah. Something that's supposed to be about an 11 year old and it's rated TVMA. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I seriously, I have not, I've never seen an advertisement for this on, it's not showed up on any of my feeds or if it has, I just, scroll through it immediately i guess i mean i don't even haven't given it a second a second thought but i was watching alone have you watched alone no on net oh dude What's that about so it's a competition it's like 10 people that get sent out the great white north you know far north canada as you can go uh and they're dropped off in different places and it's you know they gotta survive and the whoever lasts the longest is the winner basically but they're only given like ten items to survive on, and they just they just have to they have to build their own houses or whatever uh, shelters. Yeah. They have to build their own shelters. They have to get their own food. They have to they have to do everything, and it's just them. And there's nobody else, and they they don't have contact with anybody else or anything like that. Um, but it's already in its six yeah it's in, already in its sixth season, and that's all they ha- that's all they're showing on Netflix is season six. So. Uh, I think you got to go somewhere else to watch the other seasons. But I got hooked on it. Freaking Andrew turned me on to it, and I binged it over the last like three days. And <laughs> but it uh, it's really good. It makes you want to go out and you know get out of the house and how long do something? How huh? long would you last? Oh my gosh! In the conditions that these people were in, I mean, it started off not too bad. The conditions weren't too bad. But uh, I, th- I think the winner – well, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to spoil it. But I wouldn't last a fourth of, of what the winner lasted. I wouldn't think. So if they came to you and they're like, man, I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of Talking Lead. I want you to be one of the people on, on oh, season I wouldn't seven qualify. of the show. I wouldn't qualify. You actually have to have mad skills to even qualify to be on this show. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't qualify. There's no way I would – but I mean, I, I think I could probably right. last, you know, a month. Nice, that's solid. That's respectable. Yeah. I don't know if I'd go a month in the Antarctic. <laughs> well, I mean, it started off. Like I said, the weather started off pretty good, but then, like after, like after, after that month, I think it started getting really bad. And that's <laughs> when it gets cold. Then yeah. I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm tapping out. <laughs> Come get me. Yeah. Exactly. But it's it's weird because I mean these people have mad skills. I mean they're like building houses and it's just like holy shit, 
you know they built this with an axe and fishing wire and you know whatever and and they're sitting there and some of these people probably could stay there forever but you'd be surprised at what what gets to them you know it's not their ability to be able to make stuff and trap food and and eat it's other shit that that gets to them it's it's pretty amazing but anyway that's on netflix it's it's season six and if you if you haven't boycotted Netflix yet, maybe I need to boycott Netflix. I don't know. I mean, I got to check into this cuties. It may be something that uh, I have to look into definitely, because yeah. because uh, Chris made a pretty good case right there. So so Chris, thank you for your Jack Wagon nomination, and I will definitely give that due consideration. But I, if they put another season of Alone on, I don't know. <laughs> it may trump that. They right, do what, have some good shows. I like. They got a lot of good historical docu series on there oh, that, do, that have captivated yeah. me. It's, it's just a shame because like they're going a great direction with that stuff. So, I mean, I I agree with Chris uh, absolutely. You know, that's that's how you teach these companies a lesson. But it's like, damn, yeah. can't, can't you just can't you just stay the lane you were in? You were killing it. Yeah. Freaking. Shame on you. But we got to let them know our uh, dislike, you know, otherwise they'll continue to do shit like that. All right, so we got another one, and I want you to do this next one. And it's a, it's a, it's a couple of brothers. Okay. So I want you, to, All right, so, <laughs> I want you to do this one. These are, these are definitely jack wagons. Geez. Okay, so the headline I have reads Missouri Amish brothers break five-year probation agreement on child molestation charges. <laughs> Both men were convicted of having sex with their 13-year-old female relative. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I don't is, know about you, but whenever I see Amish in the headlines, I stop and read it. Because <laughs> when, when, when... Yeah, yeah that's, how I, that's how I stumbled on this. Because <laughs> you know if, if Amish is in the headlines, there's a train wreck. Something's not right. Yeah, yeah. There's a buggy wreck for sure. So these kids, these these no. boys are 22 and 18, and it says that they molested a 13 year old female relative. Um, yeah, it doesn't say what the rel- relation is, though. But, but they were already on probation too. That that intrigues me. <laughs> they had already done something wrong. Well, it says here they accepted an agreement earlier this month to avoid prison time by pleading guilty to child molestation charges. They were each initially charged in June to six counts of statutory rape and one count of incest. So this started in or th- this plea agreement happened in June, and now they're violating the probation of it. So now they're now they're in some shit. Which how do you get a plea agreement for that? Because you're Amish, I guess. Like, to begin with, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I, I could do a whole season of episodes about my feelings on the judicial system, so I'm not going to comment further. But uh, <laughs> I encourage anybody to go to this, go to the news, type in this Missouri Amish Brothers thing, and just to see their mug shots is worth it. That is just that's <laughs> the icing on the cake. Just look at the mug shots. I mean, I'm <laughs> thinking like this is what Mike Myers or you know Jason from the horror movies what they you know maybe their granddad started off looking like and then as they kept inbreeding that's how you get a mike myers or <laughs> or jason you do, I don't know. Voorhees. jason Voorhees. Are, uh, this is a this is a worthy 
like it's worth your time to look up this picture. That's all I'm saying. It looks like they gave themselves some COVID-19 haircuts too, you know. Have you seen all these people that give themselves haircuts during the COVID? I have not. There's been some jacked up it's, haircuts and mine being one of those too. Again. <laughs> Do what? You cut hair, you you cut your own hair for the COVID thing? I did. I did. I actually did a pretty good job. You want to see it? Sure. I've been Is wearing a hat all day, but count. you can't really tell. That looks clippered. Yeah. I mean, that's why they make clippers, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, well, that doesn't take any, like, skills. I figure you can't jack it up if you use clippers, but uh, one side yeah, was one side was longer than the other, so i gotta, I got to even it out a little bit. <laughs> I'm thinking about throwing a one guard on there and just buzzing the whole thing off. I used a four on it. Yeah, right that's now. what I. I use a one and just go for it. But these boys these obviously no, they used a bowl or something. They put a bowl and did a bowl cut. <laughs> they don't even. They, yeah, I don't know. It looks like Larry and Mo. Larry and Mo from the three. <laughs> Were the three Stooges Amish? They could. I think they could have been. <laughs> I don't know. I think they were Jewish. You got to see. This. Oh yeah, definitely. That's so good. check that story out. So that's the jack wagon. <laughs> that that is a that is a jack wagon. So I've got I think I've got one more here. Uh, and this is a hero. This is a hero to me. And I was wondering, you know, when when it was finally going to happen. But here we go. Coca-Cola has finally entered the US alcoholic drinks market. <laughs> So we're going to get cool. alcoholic Coke. I mean, that, I was getting alcoholic Coke, you know, since the 80s when I mixed my Jack with it, you know, Jack and Coke. Yeah, isn't that like a Jack and Coke or rum and Coke? I yeah, mean, but Coke wasn't producing that, that. So I don't know. I think it says they're going in um, collaboration with Molson Coors Tie-Up. Isn't Molson Canadian? So it's going to be a Yeah. Well, you know so all the – going to be – they're coming out with like a beer. Yeah, so all the rage now are the seltzers, the hard seltzers, you know, like uh, White yeah. Claws. Ain't yeah. no law against the claw, baby. Uh, they're coming out with a hard seltzer. It's called Topo Topo Chico. We'll roll out the first half of 2021. It's a new hard seltzer. Not, I'm not going to lie to you. The name doesn't stick like White Claw. No, it doesn't. It doesn't roll. Topo Chico. No. Um, you know, those like, you know, those like coffee drinks that like Starbucks used to make those old Frappuccino things that people would buy to just quick pick me up, you know, it was like cold drink, whatever yeah. the gas station, they yeah. should have like a little thing like that where it's a rum and Coke and a little bottle or a Jack and Coke they have and those. a bottle. They have those. Buy it. Oh. They have those at the oh, liquor store. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Congratulations then. <laughs> you know when you go I'll to check out, now. you know when you go to check out, they've always got the, those little things, the impulse buy shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, at our liquor stores here anyway, they've got shit like that. Um, when you go to check out, that's I bought a couple of. Them. I was like, oh, so, that's cool. So is it right next to the condoms? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen condoms in kidding. the liquor store, but uh, it's. Oh it's, man, I'm the wrong aisle. Sorry. <laughs> But you I'll know how myself out. you know how when you go if you go to any good market you know they've got the impulse buy you know right there at the checkout yeah you know to get sure. the few extra dollars out of you and damn it it works on me every time 
<laughs> so it sounds like this Coke, this Coke thing is not going to be that. It's going to be like a main product on the shelf. This is going to be another that- one of those hard seltzers you can get at, you know, Kroger, Walmart, at your local beer store, wherever you get your beer. But it's Molson Coors said on Tuesday that it would roll out Topo Chico first half of 2021. It's a third hard seltzer to hit the shelves. The low calorie drink will complete uh, compete with the popular White Claw, there you go, as well as other hard seltzers uh, from companies including Anheuser-Busch. So I guess Coke owns Molson Coors, maybe? I don't know. They must. Coca-Cola? I, I mean, who they own a lot of stuff. I think they own Taco Bell, and or is that Pepsi? Anyway. I think that's Pepsi. Yeah. But it's weird how these drink companies own these fast food chain restaurants, like Kentucky Fried Chicken and Hardee's and Taco Bell. Yeah. So anyway, I was I saw that headline. I was like, Coca-Cola, alcoholic. I've been doing that for years. <laughs> Jack and Coke, baby. That's all they should do is just so do, do a Jack and Coke hard seltzer and they win. Coca-Cola is the hero. Hey, and if they do that later, they become a hero again. Right. They can win twice. They can win twice. And I won't, I won't ask for royalties either. Just come out with it. <laughs> Charge me half price. We're all set. <laughs> come on with it. Come on with it. Talking lead. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. The official drink of talking lead. They could come on as a sponsor. The Fiocchi family has been producing high quality ammunition since 1876. In 2020, Fiocchi's launching a full line of premium products. Everything from self and home defense to the long range categories. The Fiocchi Blue Guardian line will feature specially tuned products specifically for home and self-defense, featuring lead-free technology and the only NATO-certified zero-pollution primer in the world. Fiocchi's a proud sponsor of the Talking Lead Podcast and the Leadhead Brigade. Fiocchi trains, Fiocchi protects. All right, so that does it for our Jack Wagon Train and Leadhead Brigade Heroes, Lead Force One. That was a pretty good section segment there. I wouldn't plan on going that long. We did uh, did a little more in-depth conversation than I had planned, but uh, we want to learn more about you, James. We had you on the Talking Lead AK Corner a few episodes back, uh, but we didn't really get to, to talk about you and Factory 47. So for you leadheads who haven't gone and listened to that episode, make sure you go back, check it out. It was our Season 2 finale of the Talking Lead AK Corner, and it was... Uh, by far, and I've said I said this uh, a couple of times, it's my favorite of any of the AK corners that we've done so far. It's been one of my tops, so I really enjoyed it and appreciate you being on. We talked about the markings on the AK-47s, and James has a, a very uh, in-depth knowledge um, of the markings of the AK-47, which kind of is what his Factory 47 company is based on, so... Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, James, your background, where you come from, that kind of stuff. Uh, pretty much. I was born and raised in central Montana and went on to be a public servant, did some military time, a couple deployments, that fun stuff, nothing too crazy or exciting. But uh, from there, I got into, you know, being from central Montana, I was always into, you know, firearms and whatnot. So I kind of got into coding guns originally by accident. Um, I'd been artistic my whole life. And so uh, I was really into like 
pinup girls and i wanted to <laughs> who's not pin into pinup girls you know <laughs> i know yeah well i was i was into it from the artistic side but uh-huh. like i wanted to do it i wanted that's what they all say to paint. <laughs> yeah yeah so <clears throat> so that's how i was able to get all those magazines past my mom and uh <laughs> no but anyway I, so as an adult i was actually working in an ambulance and i was sitting in the ambulance barn ordering an airbrush kit and i'm like yeah this is this is how i need to do this i need to be able to you know airbrush so I order this kit. I'm going to study it. I'm going to get good at it, figure out. How to... So long story short, when it came in, I started messing with it. And a friend of mine called me and he's like, hey, I heard you got an airbrush. And I was like, well, yeah, I don't know shit about it yet. He's like, well, I bought this paint to do my gun. And I found out you have to have an airbrush to spray it. So he was like, let's uh, let's get together sometime. And I'm like, well, OK. So I started Googling, trying to figure out how to paint a gun. And there was no information out. So he came over and we thought, what the hell, we both know guns really well and, you know, this can't be that hard. So we stumbled through it and one thing led to another and I started messing with it more and more on my own stuff and realized, hey, I'm sure there's other people trying to do this. So I started making YouTube videos, putting it out there. So the, originally I did this under the name Mom Tactical and uh, stumbled into becoming a gun coder, I guess. And I've heard of Mom Tactical. Yeah, well, that was me. So Okay. <laughs> so I... I I parlayed that into I mean, people kept hitting me from the videos like, "Hey, can I can I borrow buy your stencils from you?" and you know, asking different tips and stuff. So the video thing went really well for a long time, but I kind of inadvertently became a gun coder and uh, and a YouTuber at the same time. Yeah. So <laughs> I uh, I realized that I should I should make a stencil store. So. I started Freedom Stencils and built that up. So all of the stencil packs are available there now. And uh, eventually kind of phased out Mon Tactical because uh, I had interests in other areas and it was kind of not really where I wanted to be. So I do a lot of gun stuff still, but um, Freedom Stencils is, is kind of the full-time job and then Factory 47. So uh, the AK stuff kind of was always a passion and I recently I guess it's been almost a year actually now that Factory 47 was kind of first established but I focused on bringing the AK culture the like celebrate the factories that made it and and the different differences between them all and then improvements and all that stuff and bringing that to apparel in a unique kind of way so uh, we talked about this briefly on on the AK corner but most people buying the shirts or seeing the shirts, you either know what it is or you don't. If you don't, you have no idea it has anything to do with guns at all. <laughs> and if you do, you know exactly what it means. Yeah. So it's kind of a bat yeah. signal that's being put out there. It's like a beacon. And so when you see the apparel and you're a guy that has one or knows what it is, you're like, that's that's it's a, cool. It's a like, badge of honor. Know. And you know, if you don't know, then you yeah. don't need to be in the club. But if you do know, then you're in the club. Kind of, yeah, you're a cool so it's, guy. it's pretty cool, and it's gotten good feedback from that. So that's kind of what Factor Forty Seven is about: is celebrating the the soul that surrounds the Kalashnikov platform and pattern of weapons. And uh, so those are kind of my two main businesses that I'm focused on these days. And then uh, still doing YouTube stuff um, as a as a fun hobby, really. And then uh, you know just trying to enjoy life and do what our founding fathers would want me to do. There you so, go, and enjoy life. Just, so you've, so I didn't realize that you were with Mon Tactical. Yeah, that was me. Okay, <laughs> cool. That's where the name came from was Montana. So back then, too, like I said, there wasn't YouTube was kind of the wild west, 
And when you went to make your YouTube name, you know, you just kind of like, what's my channel about? You know, and I was trying to make videos to send to my friends because they were, we were all trying to learn this stuff. Yeah. And so it wasn't about making a channel to get subscribers. So I was like, well, I'm in Montana and this is some tactical cool guy shit. So whatever, Montactical. So I made it. Well, then next thing you know, there's like 20,000 subscribers and I'm sitting there going, man, this is kind of a, <laughs> you know, I don't know if this, this name is good anymore. I don't know. I kind of ran with it. It was fun. Um, and, and it was a great experience because I got, I really networked well in the, in the gun industry. I'd moved it to Vegas for a while. So shot show came to our shop, you know, right in front mm-hmm. of our shop every year. Um, so we had a lot of fun. I made a, met a lot of great people and it set me up to really focus on where I wanted to go with things. So, uh, I have an awesome shop actually downstairs here and, uh, you know, fully set up to do coatings and builds and all sorts of stuff. But, and where are uh, you now? Montana? I'm back in central Montana, yeah, okay, back home. Gotcha. So, yeah, so it's nice. You get to pick and kind of choose what I want to build and when I want to build it, and you know, focus on the on the craftsmanship that I I care about, and that's that. Now, and I want to talk more about um, Factory Forty Seven, but I want to rewind a little bit when you first started off. I mean, you just you just kind of breeze through your military history. Talk a little bit more about your military background. What did you do in the, the military? Uh, yeah, I so I breeze through it because I'm not like. I wouldn't say I'm not proud of it, but it's to me it's not a it's not an identifier of who I am. So I don't I I, I didn't do anything special at all. I was um, well. The I fact that you were the, in the military to, is is special enough. So <laughs> I mean, thank you, thank you for your service. I, I tried to. So when I was 18, or I'm sorry, when I was 17, I I wanted actually younger than that. I wanted to go in the military as a firefighter. That was my goal as a kid, and the plan was to go in the military as a firefighter, uh, do four to six years and save up money while I was in and uh, get a lot of training, serve, kind of do two things. And then when I get out, go and be a civilian firefighter. And kind of one of the reasons I picked that route is because I actually wanted to be a Marine infantry. And my mom was like, as a little kid, she was like, oh, hell no, you're not doing that. <laughs> so as an, by the time I got into high school, I didn't want to break my mom's heart. You know, so the, the, the other option that I really liked was, you know, go the military firefighter route. And then I can use that on the civilian world, go be a firefighter. And, you know, that was something that very inter- you know, was of high interest to me. So yeah, what happened was my senior year, going into my senior year of high school, and I was, a, I was not a good student. I didn't play the game. I didn't like the indoctrination that was going on. So I was, I was very rebellious. So I wasn't a good student, but I wanted to get the hell out of high school and go in the military. So I did an early grad program and decided I would hunker down hard my senior year and be out by Christmas so I could go to boot camp in January and life would be good. So when I went to go active duty, I had everything set up right before my senior year of high school. Cool. Guaranteed firefighter. Life is good. And that was with the active duty air force and nine 11 happened. Mm. And I got a call and we were like, Hey, yeah, uh, about that firefighter thing, not going to happen, but <sighs> we, we still want to take you. We'll just tell you kind of sort of what job we need you once you get there. And I was like, yeah, I'm not that dumb. So <laughs> yeah, Right. So, so that didn't happen. Uh, about January, February sometime, I found out about the National Guard and I thought, well, I'll give them, you know, I'll talk to them. Maybe, maybe they can get me to fire school. Now the fire school for the military is a joint based school. So all the branches are there. So really, if you want to go to that school, it doesn't matter what branch you're in other than the fact that, you know, it definitely depends on where you're going to end up after school. But I mean, I gotta be honest with you. I've never heard of, I've never heard of anybody going in the military for, firefighter training. So this, this is interesting to me. 
Okay, well, yeah, buckle up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm buckling. So I went, uh, I went talked to the guard recruiter, and I was like, all I care about is being a firefighter, man. Like, what can you do for me? He's like, yeah, I can, I can get you down there in a couple months. I'm like, okay, well, what the, what the heck's the deal with That's that? That's the catch, yeah. So, yeah, and, you know, the, the guard base is actually located in my hometown, so it was like, you're going to go to fire school, and when you come back, you're here. There is no, you don't get assigned to a base. This is your base. So, and then you report one week, a month, two weeks a year. And I'm like, okay, well, what am I gonna do the rest of the time? And he's like, dude, you'll have all the certs. You can go get on a fire department. I'm like, well, this is too good to be true. And I, I was kind of a little leery because I wanted to be, I want to be a military guy first. You know, the firefighter was the byproduct and something I would focus on civilian world. But at the same time, I'm having a hard time getting in because of 9-11 and you know, I'm not 18 yet at the time. Yeah. So I, uh, I get it all kind of set up with the guard recruiter and it, everything's checked out. Sounded great. So I, I swear in, I can't remember. I think it was shortly after my 18th birthday and head off to boot camp, tech school, all that. Life was good. Come back. Right when I got back, the forest fires in Montana were out of control and they activated the guard. So I was able to go a quick, you know, couple of weeks and do that and get some experience right away. And then, uh, I mean, that was pretty much it. I did 14 years in the guard and, I switched to the reserves for a little bit and then got out. Um, it's not, it wasn't a career that's really like there's people listening right now. Like, dude, that guy didn't do shit. And they're right. I didn't do shit. It's a, what are you talking about? Career. You didn't do shit. I mean, you, it, it was a guard <laughs> career as a firefighter. I mean, like it wasn't, you know, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, who, who the fuck I is telling you, you didn't do shit, man. I mean, you served 14 years, hey, you know? Yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't like I was active duty, you know, and I was, I wasn't taken away from my family and sent to a base somewhere that, you know, to meet all new people and start over. Like there's sacrifices that active duty military do that people will never understand that can't even be explained. Like, and, and I, I didn't, that wasn't me. But you, you know, know there, exactly. There are people that are built for that too, you know, and that's what some people, you know, that's what they seek out. But you had a specific goal for your life that you, you wanted to achieve and, and you did it. You know, so I mean, how can anybody flip their nose up at that or and say that you didn't do shit? You know, I mean, how many fires did you fight in those fourteen years? I don't know. I mean, how many lives know. did you save? It was fight, fighting the fires. I don't, I don't regret it. It, it. I don't regret it. It was a it was a good career. I fuck love anybody the, I love who, who downplays that, man. <laughs> that's what, that's what I, I got some to of say. The people, it, it was it was fun. It was a good career. Um, if I was going to do things over again, I would probably do some things differently for sure. And I think anybody I mean, who would would have that to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, who wouldn't? I so as a civilian, I did, I did the. Uh, so I think I was in the military total. Like, and again, none of it was active duty other than deployments. Um, I think that was about seventeen years. And then as a civilian, I was a firefighter for fourteen. Um, I guess about fifteen years. And then ambulance on my days off for nine for a private company. And I still do the ambulance um, kind of off and on. I'm, yeah. I'm off right now because I refuse to wear a mask. But after the election, the nonsense is over, I'll be back. Attaboy. So, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they lifted. You stay true to you. In my town, they lifted the uh, the mask requirement here a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, and you know, but I'm sure your medical facilities are still playing along. So when I, when I did the fire thing, you know, you have to be an EMT to be a firefighter. I hated medical. I was like, this is the worst shit ever. I... I did it because I had to do it. But once I was like like a year into my career, I thought, what is the thing you're worst at? You got to be good at that so that you can, you know, to be well-rounded. So medical was it. So that's how I got on an ambulance. I went and literally got the job so that I could get good at it and get more experience. Mm -hmm. And here I am. 
but yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to play the political game though. So you're not you know? doing the, so. you're not doing the fire anymore. You're just doing the, the, the MT stuff. Yep. That's correct. Yeah. I, uh, I res- so when I left my department in 2014, I went to, um, uh, when we moved to the shop, when I moved to Nevada and I set up the shop down there for a bit. So I, w- I did a fire gig down there for, uh, around a year, a little over a year maybe. And then I, when I left that, I never went back. I never did no more fire after that. When I came back home here and uh, moved everything up here, I started back on the ambulance as a as a side fun job. So I mostly just do that like one day a week when I'm when I'm working. Just to keep your skills honed. Yeah, and you know it's fun. You get, give back to your community. There's a truthfully the thing that drew me to ambulance after I, I like I said I did it for all the wrong reasons. But once I got on there, I realized that's the wild west, man. That's like those people. If you're if you're ever looking for a brotherhood or a tight knit family, like an ambulance is it. Yeah, that is like there's no there, there's no politics. It's just a bunch of people out there getting their shit kicked in all day long, and uh, there's not they're not politicking each other for promotions. There's no real structure or order. It's just go out there and serve your community and be hard. And you know some of these people they'll go on like they'll run on a baby right now that'll die in their arms, yeah. and they're expected to put that baby to wrap that baby up, hand it off, get their rig back in service and go on the next call right away. And it might be another, and it might be another baby call and, and they're, they don't have time for tears and they're expected to just keep on going. And like our community package that shit down deep and compartmentalize it. Yeah. Just going. Yeah. And there's no, yeah, there's, it's, it's crazy. These people are strong. They're, they're, they're caring. They're, it's amazing, you know? And so like, that's why I went back. It's, it's fun. People are great. And then the the community, you know, you get to serve your community. You get to, you do a lot of bullshit, but every once in a while you have that one call where you make a difference in somebody's life and you know it, you go home and you're on a high for a while. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if I can go one day a week and, and chase that high, maybe for, you know, that limited of a schedule, maybe it only happens every three years. I don't know, but it's worth going back for. So. Yeah, and it I know shit. It's just a, fun job. a lot of our listeners can resonate with you because uh, we've got several EMTs, we've got several firefighters that uh, listen to the show. So I guarantee you, they uh, they're like, dude, what you're you're just downplaying all this stuff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I, I, I just talked about. I really, I really, I mean, I gotta say, I really respect what you what you've done. You know, the career path that you that you chose, how you went about doing it. I think you did. I think you did it right, dude. That's my opinion. All right. Well, thanks. I will say this: you, you, when you go into career paths like that, whether it's you know military or you know emergency services or anything like that, there's there's a lot of skills that you pick up that you don't realize you're picking up that translate to other things later. So when I left all that and focused on some of these e-commerce uh, entrepreneurial endeavors that I'm doing, um, there's a ton of things that I've you know I use every day that are skills and multitasking abilities that I picked up doing those kinds of careers. So yeah. Um, you know, I think organizational a, skills a definitely. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to ask you: Are you? What's your favorite movie about fires? <laughs> there's favorite a lot of movie about fires. Yeah, there's a lot of movies out about fires. I, I don't know that I really have one. I guess I, so. There's only two movies about fires that even come to mind right now. That's Ladder Forty Nine and Backdraft. Um, <laughs> The, those yeah, are like the two biggies. There I, was actually, there was one. Um, yeah. uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, he he was the actor in the Close Encounters of the Third Kind. What's his name? 
Oh man, Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. What movie are you thinking? So there was this one that he was in. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it was um, about like wildfires. He had died actually, and he came back like as a ghost. It was kind of a, a comedy romance. It had um, uh, that chick that's got the speech impediment, Holly. What's her name? Oh, mm. uh, but anyway, I don't. Th- I've, I've yeah, I've definitely not seen it. I'll find it here in just a second. But so you said backdraft, and what was the other one? And ladder forty nine. Those are the only ladder two movies 49. I can even think of right now. But I mean, I think they're. I think backdraft's hilarious to go back and watch right now because I don't even know when that came out. What probably the, the late eighties? Oh um, yeah, at least. I mean, it was huge when it came out. There's just so much wrong, you know. It's funny, but I was gonna uh, say when you. I guess I mean, like the military guys, you know, the the high speed guys watch these you know, these movies, these gun movies, and they're always critiquing and stuff like that. Is that what you do when you see movies like that? When it deals yeah, with fires Yeah, I think stuff? mostly CPR scenes. Because, like, most, there's so many movies, they always try to dramatize something, and then they'll put some, you know, oh, the, the hero in the movie dies and then comes back, you know? So it's always this, like, dramatic CPR scene. And then, it, I don't know where they get their medical consultants in Hollywood, but <laughs> CPR in Hollywood is the worst shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I mean, it is absolutely, they've ruined every movie it's ever been in has been ruined by it. So I do critique that, but fire, not so much. Um, you remember that show rescue me? There was a TV show. Rescue I, me. It was with, I uh, heard Dennis it, but I never, Leary. I never watched it. Dennis Leary. Yeah, it, it was a dope. Show. I just watched the movie a with show. Dennis Leary uh, in it. Uh, the other day, Thomas crown affair. Uh, that dude's hilarious. Dennis Leary. Yeah. He's yeah. Got the big gap between his teeth. <laughs> He's so funny that 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 show is worth watching. So I think if I had to like nerd out on something that was fire related, it would have to be probably that. I guess it, it was good. The no, movie that I'm trying it. to the was trying to think of is Always. It's called Always. It had uh, oh, Holly gosh, Hunter, yeah, not- John Goodman, and Richard uh, Dreyfus. Uh, the spirit of a recently deceased look- expert pilot mentors a new pilot while watching him fall in love with the girlfriend that he left behind. But they were like, they would put out forest fires. They flew planes that dropped the water and stuff. Oh, yeah. That, dude, 1989, how am I supposed to know that? What? How old are you? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but I graduated I was... the year of 9-11. Okay. Well, I'm a lot older <laughs> than you then, so there. <laughs> that explains it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm right. 50. So. I'll check it out, though. Yeah. It looks amazing. It's actually a pretty good movie. I'm, look- I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. It looks amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's cheesy. But, but I it- can't watch it on Netflix. I'm selling that shit. You can't watch it on Netflix. That's right. <laughs> Founded in 2012, IWIUS is the USA-based subsidiary of Israel Weapon Industries Limited of Ramat Hasharon, Israel. The IWIUS line of products includes the Tavor X95, the Uzi Pro pistol and SMG, the Galil Ace line of firearms, and the belt-fed Negev line of light machine guns. IWI's mission is to bring the highest quality firearms with real world-proven reliability to the U.S. commercial and law enforcement market. IWI-US are proud sponsors of the Talking Lead AK Corner and the Leadhead Brigade. Check us out at www.iwi.us and on social media under IWI-US. So um, all that all that training, that experience, um, you know, it prepared you to be an entrepreneur, start your own uh, business. Uh, 
Uh, now, when you were doing the coatings, was that Cerakote? Because you didn't call it a, a name. Duracote, Cerakote, were you doing all the diff- all the above? or? I uh, Yeah, I started out. So when I started, Cerakote was a muffler paint. It wasn't for the gun industry or wasn't marketed for the sure. gun industry. So Dur- Duracote was kind of the big thing. There was um, another product called KG Gun Coat, yeah, which I've I think was it. just called KG at the Mm-hmm. And it's also a really good product. It um, at the time most of their products laid real thin, so you couldn't you know do like artwork or overlay the colors to pattern and make camouflage. And I started into it. I wanted to make like practical stuff, so I I wasn't trying to do you know like Louis Vuitton guns or anything. I was I was like I need to make you know multicam or something very you know something that blends really well in as many trains as I can get. And that's what I was trying to achieve at the time. So. Duracoat was like the premier product for that. And, you know, several years into it, people started, oh, Cerakote, Cerakote, Cerakote. They're like, oh, Duracoat sucks. I'm like, well, who says that? Like, I've been using it for several years and it's amazing, you know. Um, having done it for as long as I did it, I came to the conclusion that, like, KG, Duracoat, Cerakote, Molly Resin, they're all amazing if you know what the hell you're doing. So, for anybody actually uh, like listening that's curious, the person applying the coating is far more, far more important than what the help coating they're using. That's like painting your house at like, you know, DuPont versus whatever. Like who cares? <laughs> Watercolors it's versus the person. <laughs> yeah. 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 If they don't know what they're doing, it's going to not work out well for you. Um, and so, you know, and, and it's an, an artist's preference on that. Yeah. Is there like chemical makeup differences? Sure. You know, uh, Duracoat's a resin, um, Molly resin, obviously a resin. Cerakote is ceramic based. Um, they're, if they're all applied well, they're all really good. And so in our shop in, when we were in Vegas, we actually had all four of those products in our shop. I'd say probably 80% of the time we were using either Duracoat or Cerakote, mm-hmm. but we had them all and, uh, they're all extremely high quality products. Did, did you ever so, do any hydro dipping? I did not. Um, Didn't get into that. Uh, it's pretty cool. Also, I did not mess with it. No, I've done a few of those. It's pretty. I mean, it's fun. It's it's easier to do than a you know a Cerakote or something like that. It's cheaper, obviously. Um, yeah, but uh, we well, can get photorealistic imagery printed or you know sublimated or however whatever you call it. You know. Yeah, um, yeah. I, mean, I just you, I find it fascinating. Like I've watched videos on YouTube of people doing like do it yourself in their kitchen sink. I, and do it's just so fascinating that's me how it works that's the cool thing <laughs> i get one of those yeah. big tubs from walmart you know and do my stuff in it and it usually yeah. breaks after about yeah after about a month it breaks but i just go buy another one for you know five bucks and uh, have you seen where they hydro dip like uh you know skulls like you know mm-hmm. you shoot a buck or whatever you dip the skull yes. that stuff's cool yeah that's awesome um you know, they'll do motorcycle tanks. I mean, you can, guitars, you can hydro dip yeah. anything as long as it's, you know, water resistant, waterproof. But yeah, I have yeah. seen the, them do the skulls and those are really cool. Definitely. So if you do a guitar, do you have to like, you have to like seal the ba- the body probably with a ton of coats of sealant then before you dip it, huh? I don't know. Be, I've just it, seen it on YouTube body. and uh, oh. what how they do it, it's just... It's pretty cool. It was like this one guy had like this swirly mix that he was doing and he would just like dip it in and he would get a random different pattern every time and it was it was pretty cool how he was doing. Yeah, that's a- But uh 
So I, I Googled firefighter movies, and there's a bunch of movies. Only the Brave. Of course you 2017. Uh, it's got Josh Brolin, Miles Teller, Jeff Bridges, Jennifer Connelly in it. You ever heard of that one? I haven't I've heard. not heard of any of these. I haven't I've heard, but those are some big names. <laughs> the Towering Inferno, um, which isn't really about firefighters. It's about a building that's on fire, but it's got firefighters in it. Uh, Backdraft is number four. This is like the top ten firefighter movies on IMDb. Um, Always, the movie I was talking about is on here. Ladder 49, Joaquin Phoenix, John Travolta, uh, Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick was the guy who played the Terminator. And he was also in the X-Files. Yeah, Ladder 49 was a good movie. It was a good one. I haven't ever seen it. John Wayne movie, Hellfighters, 1968. That should be a good one. The story of Macho Oilwell Fighters, uh, Oil Well Firefighters and Their Wives. <laughs> yeah, no, I've not heard of that either. John Wayne? Yeah, you got to watch that one. It's John Wayne. I can, tell, I can tell you I would not want to fight an oil well fire. Oh, no doubt. That you can be assured. Yeah, you get that shit on you, you ain't getting it off. Fireproof. Uh, which was Kurt Cameron, who, uh, what was that TV show he was in? It was a big 80s TV shows. Kurt Cameron. Um, anyway. Um, We're going to have to show to Talking Fire instead of Talking, talking Fire. <laughs> fire with Fire, <laughs> Bruce Willis, Josh Dumal. Uh, Out of Inferno, 2013. That's a that's just like a Japanese movie. Anyway, there's a few. That's probably the best one. The Japanese, <laughs> the Japanese one, or Chinese? What is it? It's an firefighting one. <laughs> anyway, uh, just a little it fun fact. Sad. Little fun fact there. So let's talk about oh, factory yeah, well, fact where you're at today with Factory Forty Seven, and uh, everything uh, led that led you, you to Factory Forty Seven. So. You know, we were talking earlier about, you know, when people wear your Factory 47 attire, it's the, you know, they see it, they recognize it. Uh, obviously, with the name, people who listened to our last episode of uh, AK Corner, they know that it's AK 47 related swag apparel that, that you're doing there. Talk about a little bit how you got into that. So basically, I was, um, I mean, I've always liked the AK platform. It's, I think it's cool. I think most people that have any interest in firearms is like, that's a cool looking gun. You know, it's obviously whether you know a lot about it or not, you know that it has probably a unique history and story because it's in a lot of different countries. It so has a rich an history there, and as a history. yeah, it's probably one of the most yeah, and I'm a, talked about firearms. Uh, definitely the most produced firearm in the world. Yeah, and I'm I'm a history guy. I like I like history. I like story. I like to research things, and so it, it kind of captivates me a bit there. But um, most of my you know earlier days in this industry, I was um, you know an AR first kind of guy, fighting rifle and things like that. So um, it wasn't until you know I kind of came late to the AK party, unfortunately. But I've had Adam uh, for several years before that, just didn't get totally hooked into the, um, the allure of it until I really f- started researching some of the like proof marks, reading some of the different, you know, 
development phases for you know each country and then it started i started this damn like this is amazing matter of fact like i i was i was witness to and i won't say that i i won't go as far to say that i actively participated but i watched iraqi to books burn in iraq and here i am today just dreaming about touching one someday you know it's just a different time and, yeah. and so i think when you look at like the story and the history that is the ak and then you couple that with the fact that in the last few years it just ended in america um virtually ended anyways i think that just it changed everything i mean it, it captivates you and that that's where you it draws you in so uh, warning to anybody listening, if you're not an AK guy yet and you, uh, you know, you could get captivated by that. And, and probably the biggest thing, the biggest thing was like overnight, no more Russian stuff coming into the country for, you know, AK stuff. Uh, and then all of a sudden a lot of these com block countries aren't making, you know, they're making NATO guns now or whatever. It's over. It just ended all, you know, you've got Romanian guns coming in, you got Hungarian stuff coming in and you got Polish parts. That's what you got. The rest is over. And so if you don't have it, you better be trying to get it. And when that happened, just in the blink of an eye, I realized, wow, I'm not going to be able to get this stuff no more. And as an American, if you tell me I can't have something or can't do something <laughs> naturally. I want it now. Yeah. I have I have one obligation. You know, what would Benjamin Franklin do? I got to go fucking get one. So here I am, you know, right. trying to get every variant my hands on you know and and with that naturally comes the intrigue of the story and everything else and you know it's a phenomenal fighting weapon so here you can get a collector gun and it's a fighting gun what there's such a thing i mean it's, it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing so right. that's what got me full-on k industry yeah it's like how many muskets can you still actually you know take out and use yeah, not, not a lot right i mean if you have if you have the means i guess and you have to but by golly, you know, um, you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to take a bolt action rifle against a an AR on the battlefield, would you? You know, like no, no, the AK no, no. is. But just the fact that they and it's a, that they hold up for as long as they hold up and you know still function. Yeah, you know that's and, and the shit that they go through, it's it's just amazing. I think the, the other side of it too, like for me, it's about the classic side of it, but the people that are really into the tactical side of things and modern things out, it's the last frontier in my books for the firearms industry right now. We saw after the Iraq freedom operation during freedom campaign, we saw these guys that were like, you know, the boots on the ground guys that, that came back and they were like, man, I went over there and I did this and the gear that I went there with didn't work right. Yeah. And I have an idea on how to make it better. And maybe the military brass wasn't going to listen to them, but they're not in the military anymore. So they came back and they started these companies and they started making new things. And you saw the 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 AR go from the AR with a carry handle and a ribbed handguard to what to like literally anything today. I mean, there's there's a billion options. Every caliber, it's, it's, every it's, size, length. Yeah, it's every innovation you think of has been tried and done in the last 10 years. It's amazing. And look, uh, I'll sit here, I'll tell you, and I'll catch hate for this, but 90% of it's complete garbage, but it's been, it's been tried and it's been done. And it's, and there's a ton of innovations happen. That's amazing innovation. So it's, it's there. Like what else can you do to it? I mean, if you find something that's a, that's 
crazy. I don't even know if you can. It's all been done. Oh, there's the there's AK, still there's still some things that could be done. I'm sure. I mean, there's some there's some pretty innovative people out there. There but is, yeah, there like is. you said, the AK. Yeah, it's, it's kind of it's it's, like it's the last frontier. No. Yeah. It's the last frontier. You you look at it. It's a it's a fighting weapon that has been fairly unmolested. Every country put their own twist on it, sure, but. The AK that we have in the United States, if you go to a store and find one or you buy the ones that are uh, either being made in America or coming in as imports, you're going to get a wood handguard, a wood stock, and you know, a bayonet grip or plastic grip or, or wood grip of some sort. You're going to get a very standard configuration AK that you've come to know over the years. And it, not until very recently, and we talked about this in the last episode, with a couple companies making some things. But it's an unexplored frontier where there's a lot of room for innovation and you can, you know, if you're interested in that tactical stuff, there's a place to go and take a quality platform and explode it. And a lot of that didn't start until almost like, you know, like Iraq freedom ended and all of a sudden these guys are getting out of the military and they've got ideas. It's the same thing here. And all of a sudden there's no, you know, really no AKs coming into the country like they used to. And it drove that people are now like, wow, uh, that's not coming in. Maybe we should make some of that because people still want it. Well, that's the know? thing about and America, you know, five- like you said, is like when we can't get something, it's like, oh, hell no. You know, then we'll start making it ourselves. Or, We're still getting it. Yeah. Yeah. We're still getting it. We might have to. Not like we used now. to, though. And that, so, you know, and that's what's driving. I think that's what's driving more American companies to start making AK parts. You know, you're seeing more and more companies correct, making, yeah. making those parts now. I agree. I think when the when it dried up because it happened fast, it just literally dried up. I mean, you anybody who's paid any attention can look back ten years. You can get a, a lot of different AK variants at the average mom pa gun store for you know four or five hundred bucks, six hundred bucks tops. I mean, I've got I've got a few that I bought for under five hundred dollars not very long ago. The good and old now, days. <laughs> uh, to, you find a foreign gun that that wasn't you know, wasn't built here on, on, you know, hodgepodge parts kits or even on a, on quality parts kits. If, if, if you, you find a builder right now, he buys a parts kit and builds it, you're looking at over a thousand bucks, you know, easily. Uh, and, and that's if you're, you know, that's on a good day. So, and, and mags, I mean, all the stuff, you know, uh, what's a, what's a waffle mag now, like $45 if you're lucky. I think it's you crazy. get the, so uh, the, when, the U S palms for, you know, 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Is the foreign stuff? The price is just. Oh yeah, the foreign ones. Yeah, and yeah, it forced. Yeah. It, yeah, and it forced. Uh, uh, and it, well, like in natural American spirit, right? We start making. We're like, okay, to hell with you then. And so yes, that gave way to stuff like the U.S. Palms. That those just recently came out too, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Um, uh, yeah, well, you're yeah, yeah. Bay quite right now. Like, yeah, I'm holding up. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I was Beautiful. lucky to get four of those. Uh, recently from brian so thank you brian yeah uh but yeah, and they're they're not uh those are cheap yeah no these aren't these aren't cheap at all no these are uh expensive and and again like you were saying really just you know the fact that you can't get these the collectability of them was really the only reason i got them because i don't want to use these yeah i mean even though i could use them and they'll be fine uh, I, you know, I just, I, I like to just look at them and put them on display and then, you know, I'll use my mag pulls or I'll use my U S palm mags, uh, you know, when I'm going to do drills. See, I shit. think those are both very good. 
examples. I, I think those are both good examples. I, I was I, I predict in the next five to seven years there being a, a huge influx of new companies or companies that already exist making tons of new products for the AK platform and probably that will be able to get all the parts to completely build them from the ground up made in the United States within the next five to seven years. Absolutely. Uh, you, you mentioned Magplots. Magpul is another one I forgot about. So just look in the last five years, we got the we got Magpul and U.S. Paul making AK mags, American-made AK mags. That's just the mags. Yeah. That's happened within the last since before since Obama um, and the Crimea Ukraine Crimea thing. Remember when Russia into the Crimea? Then right around that time, Obama was like, "Okay, no more Russian stuff coming to the country. Use that embargo thing." And that's yeah. when like Izzy and, and all that stuff. That's when that all ended. Was a part of that whole deal. So it wasn't like necessarily an anti-gun thing but let's face it you know it was it was a, <laughs> it was part a happy of it. product for them yeah so that's when that stuff ended and since then since then we've had numerous innovations to the ak all because of americans saying okay let's do something with this that was you know? my yeah and that's my and, point i mean that's from, my point it's like once you know once that stuff's going away and we can't get it um more and more of it is going to be starting to be made here in america and the prime companies, you know, that we're looking at, you know, Rifle Dy- Dynamics, uh, Brian at Occam Defense Solution, you know, he's very, I think, ahead of the curve in the, uh, you know, in the westernization of the AK-47 now uh, with his guard, Agreed, yeah. you know, his hand guard, his, uh, his sight towers, the rear sight towers that he does. Uh, and then, now, you know, he yep. to his full-blown, you know, AKs that he's built now, the 1775. You know, another thing, and, and he's, I don't think he's the first to do this, but he's definitely, you know, another great example. But um, doing the Picatinny rail in, in the rear Trunnion innovation there, because now they've, now you can do short barrel, right, as a pistol, mm-hmm. and you have folding options, things like that, or if you want SBR or as a rifle. What it did was it paves the way for a bunch of stock innovation. So now there's all kinds of stock options coming out. Yeah. Uh, and there's a bunch of smaller, smaller companies that are making, you know, specialized parts for the platform that are starting to pop up daily. Yeah. And so it's very, you know, it's very unique. I think that the, the point of it is basically that it is the, it is the, the new or the last frontier for tactical innovation uh, of the current spectrum of guns out there. Yeah. You got companies making the triggers, you know, ALG's making some pretty nice triggers uh, for the AK. Uh, what do you think, what's your opinion on, you know, the barrel, you know, the way that it's the, you assemble one now is, is that you got to press that barrel in. And that seems to be like the biggest, um, I guess yeah. de facto decision in a lot of people where they want to go in to build one or not is like, well, shit, you know, that's going to get pricey for me to be able to do that. And, you know, the skills, do you think they'll ever innovate it to where it'll be kind of like an AR where you can just, you'll pop them in and, and go? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Or does that change the I whole platform? I, you know, that's, uh, you know, we talked about Brian. Brian's got an engineering background. He's got a brilliant mind for stuff like that. For me to see whether the platform could become built together like that in the future is, is really tough. I'm not going to say it can't happen. Um, companies have tinkered with the idea of, of making, you know, um, like milled receivers that you could buy and then start popping things together. And to my understanding, some of them haven't worked out real well and have had to be refined. But yeah. the innovation's happening. It's there. And I, I could see, based on that, what we've seen a taster already, that that is the future. 
and you know, I mean, some of this stuff just takes time to figure out and develop and it takes, you know, getting it out there, finding the flaws and then refining it. Um, yeah. we're our own worst enemy sometimes though. We, <laughs> when something comes out and it's issue, we just tear the person apart or the company apart until they're out of existence. And we never give the, the constrict constructive feedback enough to get the, the data so that it can be refined to what it needs to be. Yeah. Um, so sometimes productive, but I do, I do think that there's an opportunity in the future to do that. Uh, on the other note though, it is fun. It is kind of a badge of honor when you press together an AK the right way with the right tooling and, and it's done and you're like, this was built correct in my hands. Yeah. Not a lot of people are doing it can do that well here on so the on it's the, kind of a unique flow yeah on the opposite side of that though instead of changing the uh you know the way that a, an ak is put together you know i think the major part are the tools so what we're going to get is the opposite i yes. think is we're going to get people that are going to make the tools and the tools are going to be cheaper and easier to use to be able to build your own um ak so the gunsmithing tools that uh I think that's the that's the market that people need to focus focus on, and thus you're going to get more people wanting to build them. It could be, um, you know, I think like to get into it right now, uh, kind of on the basic level of the tools, you're looking at around a thousand dollars. If you know who to talk to and where to go, and you get some more of the specialized stuff that makes just life easier when you're like if you're planning to build them more, you know, frequently. There's definitely some unique tools out there that private people are building. And, uh, you know, you're looking probably about 2000 to get a little of everything and be fully set up. And that's just an estimate right off the top of my head right now. I, you know, don't hold me to it, but, um, and that's, that's one of the things for people that are planning and want to, they know they're going to just, it's all about having the right tools in, you know, I don't care if it's an AR or a Glock, something simple you're working on, but it's all about having the right tools. And in the AK game, like you can't even come close to building a quality gun without the right tools. But that's yeah. just my, my thoughts on it. I've seen a lot of really butchered jobs uh, in my own community lately that have been, matter of fact, it's a reoccurring thing that's coming up on the factory 47 Instagram. I posted one recently and it, uh, it was a picture of some, what all, I think the guy calls rivets. <laughs> and the, the, the question, is this like shit-tarted American gunsmithing or a Kyber Pass build? You decide. And uh, there's some good interaction, but I've yeah. I've since I've since picked up about four more amazingly butchered pieces that I got some content from, and I'm sure some of the, the fans of the page are going to start to submit stuff here soon. But yeah. um, that's that's the sad part. You see people, you know, not not knowing what they're doing or not willing to get the right tools to do it. And you're right. If the tools come down in price and are very accessible, I think you know people would probably try to attempt it more but it's not it's not small time i mean it's it's big boy gunsmithing like you've yeah. really got to know what you're doing well yeah when you get into the rivets and you know and all that stuff but there are tools out there and there's a company there's a website akbuilder.com and they've got they've got the tools there and they're fairly reasonable um you know, yeah they, they, if you i can, remember correctly they basically you can you basically can you, you can buy one pack from them and you've got you know, if I remember correctly, just about everything you need. Well, they've got, so I'm just looking at it right here. They've got an AK builder barrel press kit, 95 bucks. And it's got, um, for the new gray or orange 20 ton Harbor freight shop press, 
uh, the one inch is for their orange 12 ton. So, you know, they're telling you which one, yeah. you know, what press so, it'll work with. And Right. Yeah. And, and you can get by, you can get by with the small Harbor Freight press. That's what pretty much everyone's using. Not very expensive. Yeah. And I just um, recently discovered build. Harbor Freight. Yeah. I'll, I'll admit that. And, uh, oh. I love, I love Harbor Freight now. I just bought a new gunsmithing table that uh, I got from there. It's not specifically a gunsmithing table, but that's what I'm using it for. Uh, Is it the wood one? Yes, the wood one. Did you get that too? Yeah. It was on sale for like oh, 119 yeah, bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Normally those are like uh, three, 400 bucks. Harbor Freight's either a hit or a miss. There's like no in between. Yeah. And the hits far outweigh the misses, and it's so worth it. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, AK Builder is a great site. You know, their rivet tools, their their uh, drilling jigs, you know, all that stuff's really good. Um, you know, any any AK Builder. Yeah, they got nine twenty two R compliance products. parts there, uh, so good place to start if you're just getting into it. Um, the AK Builder. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's you know a lot of I think you know that's where I get all my rivets and stuff, and um, yeah, I've got I've got a lot of their tools. They're a solid, solid place to uh, to go to get the stuff. And last time, I'm gonna, you know, what, I'm gonna give AK Builder a mad shout out. Actually, okay. I just got a package from them about two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I don't know if anybody from AK Builder listens to this, but I got a package from you guys two weeks ago, and there was a free sticker in there. Sweet. I know this sounds silly, but this sticker <laughs> was cool. It was like a construction zone sticker, you know, uh-huh. and it's a it's a like K AK Builder whatever construction zone. I don't know how to explain it, but it's and it fit perfectly in the I beam of the press, so like you could stick the sticker in there. And it it's looks almost like as if they designed it that contra- way. <laughs> I know it was so perfect. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I got a spot for this, and then I yeah. went to go stick it. And I'm like, son of a bitch, it's perfect. And by the Anyways, way, if anybody was, from akbuilder.com does listen to this show, get in touch with me, talking at gmail.com, and let's talk. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. So cool. What else do you want to talk about? That was that was uh, that was deep. No, so uh, I want to. So we did. We started off talking about your website, and we went down a rabbit hole, and we didn't really talk about. You know, how, we were talking about how you got into it, how you started it. So, um, yeah. Um, so what what made you decide to come up with the you know, the apparel? I mean, I know your art background makes a lot of sense as to why you did that. So you appreciate the AK, its history, uh, but there's a lot of I mean, you really look at it, and it's it's yeah, a beautiful so, work of art, and it's got a lot of beautiful works of art on the AK too, with the factory yeah, so markings and everything. With, yeah, I was messing with some of the markings because actually uh, I was doing uh, um, engraving stuff. So I was in, I was engraving um, stuff for actually uh, you know for companies, you know their serial numbers and whatever. I was doing some engraving stuff, so I thought. You know, I want to build up a library of the proof marks and some of these little identifiers and stuff in case you need to mark a part to match a kit that's missing something or whatever. So I thought just in my spare time, I was going to mess with some proof marks. And um, as I started digging into them, like I realized, and and this is going to sound stupid, but some of it I didn't know. Uh, I'm going to use Romania as an example. This isn't uh, the one that they have three different proof marks. Um, they have like a the triangle with the arrow. They have a triangle with an arrow where the bottom rockers, and then they have just an empty triangle. And so as I, you know, I thought I'll make the triangle proof mark that I know, and I'm done. 
And then as I went to go do it, I, re- I found another one. I go, well, what's this? And I was like, that's Romania. I thought Romania was just this proof mark. So I started digging into it and unwrapping layers. And all of a sudden, I'm like, son of a bitch. I <laughs> don't know what I don't know. It turns out, I don't know a lot about this. So I really start digging into it. And it, some of it was just super fascinating. It's like, oh, this corresponds to this factory or this corresponds to these eras. Yeah. And then they switch to this or you know, and then I'm like, crap. So next thing you know, I'm pulling out AKs that I got. I'm looking at them and I'm like, wow. And this has this and this. And there's some of these are inspection stamps. And some. And I'm like, this is some crazy shit. And, um, and so then, I, you know, one thing led to another. I thought, first of all, I've got all these vectors now created. And these are real easy to make really cool apparel with at this point. Second, I'm looking around. I'm like, there's nothing really out there. And how cool would it be to put on, you know, a factory 66 shirt and go walking through the local gun show? Yeah. Like somebody's going to be like, dude, that's a cool shirt. I have a rifle with that on it. You know? Yes, I'm sure you do. You should show me because that's a, you know, that's a pretty sweet Chinese AK. Right. (laughs) I wish I had one. Is it for sale? You know? So it was like one thing kind of led to another. And I, uh, man, I should do something with this. So um, about, I think I want to say October of last year, I started kind of composing some shirt designs, uh, ideas. And I showed it to a couple people and they're like, dude, that's dope. So I went to some online, you know, one of those online things where you can have a shirt made, you know, kind of one-offs. And I, I set up a few and I had them shipped to me, you know, the shirt quality and print quality is kind of crap, but just to see, and I wore them around and, uh, yeah, people, you know, not very much in my community, but every once in a while I find an AK dude and he's like, Oh dude, that's sick. So then I took a tumbler cup and I engraved the Ishmash one. Mm-hmm. I said the whole thing and I put it on, I put it on a table at a gun show and I watched this guy. He's walking with authority. Like he knows exactly where he's going and it's not to any of the booths in that aisle. He's on a mission. And as he's going by out of the corner of his eye, he catches that tumbler cup and stops mid stride, turns, <laughs> looks at it, picks it up. And he's like, how much is this? I'm like, five bucks. And he's like, done cash. He gives cash and he just keeps on walking. And I was like, this dude is, a, this is a cup. Did it have, co- have Coke in it yeah. already? <laughs> Coke and ice? <laughs> no, no. And I'm like, nobody's there for, nobody's there for cups. You know, nobody's there for cups. That matter of fact, when you see that kind of shit at gun shows, usually, you know, you roll your eyes, you know. And this dude stopped mid-stride on a mission to grab this Push a break cup. Zone. He's like, yeah. He's like, he saw that logo and was like, whoa, you know, I got to have that. And I thought, okay, that's all the measuring stick I needed at that point. I'm like, this is, I've got the data People would like this. It might be a small niche, but there's other people out there. And you know what? I'm going to try it. Like, see what happens. Maybe maybe only 10 of us in the country have it, but it's probably the same 10 that have that AK. You know? so <laughs> right. I was like, at least I'm oh. Well, I was comparing so it to I, um, I, the last day. I think it was, we talked about this, but I was comparing it to like NASCAR, you know, numbers, you know, when people wear their yeah their favorite nascar guy and right. if you're in if you're nascar then you're in the know if you're not in nascar then you just you know it's a football jersey you don't know the difference you know kind of thing but uh when people yeah. see those those logos they're either like oh yeah you know but either way they're gonna be oh yeah where they hate it or you know they like it but it's like you know i'm team yeah, Mati, I'm team zestava when i first the, the site i was like okay here's here's my array of, of clothing to designs to launch and here's the site and i showed it to some friends while it was still private and i thought you know some friends were ak guys i was like hey check this out give me some feedback you know and in my thoughts at the time i thought i'm really worried about a couple things here one is i know people are really passionate about chinese ak's and i know they're really passionate about 
like Russian AKs, mm-hmm. specifically like Ishmael. Because it's where, you know, it started, right? And I'm like, okay, if I put this out with all these designs, is it worth it? Is this going to be, you know, like, is anybody going to buy this? Or are they always just going to buy this one design? Or should I just, should I narrow it down to just these couple, put it out and, and see how it goes? And I'm like, but if I do that, are people going to come back and then be like, oh, well, how come you don't have this company or uh-huh. factory? Or, you know, so it was kind of a, a really tough decision. So I threw it out a bunch of friends and they're all like, everyone when came back, dude, that's sick. I want this one. You know, I want that one. And none of the, none of them had the same answer. They mm-hmm. never, they all wanted something different. And I thought, damn, I'm just going to roll with this. So that's kind of what happened. And it took a while to get there, but about, you know, a few weeks back, month now, maybe. Um, we got everything kind of reset up and did a relaunch and it's exciting because we have, have, it's higher level, higher quality, higher level of, uh, of apparel, better print quality, better shirts. Um, and then, uh, I was able to, through the time that it took to get everything going, I was able to work up some new designs. So I really expanded the product line. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, uh, I'm passionate about it, so it makes it fun and, you know, so far it's so good. So if you're an AK person, check out factory47.com. It's spelled with a K, by the way. AK47. F A K T O R Y 47.com. Yeah. And and speaking of, you know, cool designs and and logos that you have available, you've uh, just added a new one. And that's another reason <sighs> why yeah. we're here. <laughs> there is a new design available in men's shirts, women's shirts, hoodies and tumblers and uh it i i I think you're gonna like it i think they're gonna love it i I love it i'm getting me some (laughs) i'm getting me some it's it's my favorite so far tell them what it is all right so it is the ak corner talking lead collaboration t-shirt so Uh, basically what it is 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 the talking lead ak corner logo that uh, we had specifically designed for season two. It's the season two logo. Uh, we're designed by a Russian, so it's an authentic uh, Russian design. It's illusion, <laughs> and uh, it's it's the Factory Forty Seven Talking Lead collaboration. Uh, and we're putting it on, like you said, men's t-shirts, women's shirts, uh, hoodies, and the tumblers. The tumblers are available in 10 and 20 ounce. So we have the cool little low boy, low, ball, low balls, sorry, low balls for uh, like, you know, coffee cup size with the handle. They're really high quality tumblers. And or then, your uh, whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> all of that. Yes. New, I was trying to think your new Coca-Cola. <laughs> the new Coca-Cola uh, alcoholic beverage. Yeah. That's going to go in the tall boy. Definitely. We'll fill that boy up with that stuff. And they're, they're available the now, right? Print. They are available now. The back of the shirt has a bunch of factory marks on it. It's uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Like if you're walking down the street wearing the T-shirt and somebody sees the back and they're an AK person, they're gonna know that you're a friend. Absolutely, it's a bad signal. You're gonna see the talking that AK corner, and they're gonna go very cool. You listen to the AK corner, and then the back you're gonna have all the different. Um, factory markings that he's got on there which markings are on there so because it's a collaboration t-shirt we put our little factory proof on it sweet but it has Ishash, tula uh bulgaria's arsenal the circle 10 uh, polish factory 11 chinese factory 66 romania Madi factory 54 zostava which is yugoslavian german k3 which is actually an inspection stamp but 
that's what they got. Um, we put the Iraqi Tabuk logo on there and the uh, North Korean from the Type 58 with the nice. circle with the star. So pretty much hit every country that uh, we could kind of represent on there. All the big Obviously, ones. see some of these countries have marks. Yeah, so we put all the big ones. That's awesome. That's but, awesome. So this the shirt is two-sided. So you get the AK Corner logo on the front, and it's and it's the the kind of maroonish and the the sand color like we've got. Uh, it, he did a really good job on it. Uh, really like it. But they're up now, so you can go to the website factory47.com, and that's factory with a K. And what is it under? Is there a certain tab? Where they can go? Uh, yeah, each one. Will be in, yeah, so men's tees will be under the men's tees, women under women, hoodies under hoodies, and tumblers under tumblers. I think we're going to uh, make a special like collection and just call it AK Corner, and it'll be under collections. So, um, just call yeah, it Talking I'll, Lead. I'll do that. And talking Lead, perfect. Yeah. So on. yeah, we'll do that. Talking Lead collections because we're going to add more to this. Um, but you yeah. guys can go; they're That's available what. now. For sale, the men's tees. Uh, I'm going down to it right now. It's at the the bottom right now, I guess, because it's the newest. Uh, but you click on there, pick your size. You got anywhere from small to triple extra large, and they are only twenty eight dollars, guys. Quick note on the shirts: these are next level sixty two tens. They're a really high quality t shirt. And what I like about them personally is they they're longer than like a cheap shirt you would buy it, you know, like in a three pack at target or something, right? Like yeah. they're a nice high quality shirt. And because they sit longer, they hide your everyday carry very well. And so if you're an everyday carry, carry kind of person, yeah. I imagine a lot of you are, it's definitely a really nice feature to have a, I didn't, I never realized the value of clothes. Like I'm not a clothes guy. I hate it. I hate shopping for clothes. I hate everything. So I, I dress very primitive, but it wasn't until about a year or two ago I realized that if you want to be a really good concealed carry, you have to dress for it. And uh, so that was important to me when picking out what we were going to use to print on and how we we're going to get our, you know, the the, the apparel that I wanted uh, to be able to make apparel by, uh, on and, and something like a product that could stand by. And so these are, you know, I'm, we're not just making these and selling them. I'm, I'm wearing them. You know, I'm yeah. actually wearing and them. And they're high now, quality. So. I mean, these are like our signature talking lead uh, shirts that you've seen in the past uh, that we sell on 1776 United's website. Very high quality. Um, so definitely well worth the money. And then what we don't have, you know, this is our first female uh, offering T-shirts, uh, female cut T-shirts. So for you lady leadheads, you can go get your uh, talking lead on at Factory 47 and get a nice athletic fit, pre-shrunk, uh, high-quality uh, AK Corner shirt there. And it's got the same AK Corner logo with those factory markings uh, on the back. And I love that you put yours on there, too, because I, uh, I was hoping you would do that. So very cool. And then the hoodies. I just do what I'm told, man. Yeah, and then the hoodies. um uh, is it one-sided or is it two-sided also? We did do two-sided for the AK Corner. This is the only current two-sided design in hoodie. All of our other hoodies are one-sided. So awesome. This is a special. Special yeah. edition. You get the the same front back, but you get it on a hoodie. So that's cool because you don't really see a lot of printing on the back of a hoodie. So that's really cool. I like that. Our hoodies are golden 185s. It's probably one of the most common hoodies out there. Um, they're, they're a really thick, warm hoodie. 
a lot of the types of people that, you know, we're targeting or that buy from us, um, are outdoors a lot, doing a lot of outdoorsy stuff. And so it's not as much about, you know, the, the style of the hoodie as it is like the utilitarian value of the hoodie. So these are a nice, warm, comfortable hoodie. And, uh, you know, you're probably pretty familiar with the Gildan hoodies. And if you had hoodies before, you've probably had one. Nice, these, soft, but, comfortable. Um, yeah, that, definitely. And with yeah. winter coming up, I mean, it's the perfect time. Go ahead, start uh, stocking up, get your presents uh, for the holidays coming up. Uh, and that 10% discount code, it's still active, right? Yes. Yep. There you go. So, so yeah, talking about Leadhead, they're both both active. Yeah, I screwed that up. It was originally talking lead, all lowercase. Um, but typically, our discount codes are Leadhead. So that's just kind of like my default that I tell people to do because I forget all the codes. It's like, keep it simple, stupid for me. Um, but James went and fixed it. So either one of those will work, Leadhead or Talking Lead, and you're going to get uh, 10% off. Now, that's not going to last forever, so you want to go ahead and jump on that and take advantage of it uh, quickly. Definitely. Load up. But yeah, man, I'm excited about this. This is awesome. You've done an excellent job on this. You've exceeded my uh, expectations on it. And I know the lead heads are going to love these too. So guys, go check them out. F-A-K-T-O-R-Y-47.com. And then just go under men's tees, women's tees, hoodies, and tumblers for the talking lead stuff. Um, Hopefully he'll make it easier under collections one day and you just go click on it. But Go check out his hats and all his other swag, too. He's got patches. He's got uh, stickers. And um, what else you got? You got some other stuff, too. Yeah, we have uh, flags. They're flags. kind of moved pretty quick on us. So yeah. we, got, we got more in the works. Um, and there's actually a new flag design coming. So we're going to uh, get our get restocked up on the two we have. The one's really cool. Unfortunately, it's, we got wiped out after... Uh, or about a week ago, but, um, it has all the proof marks on it. It's really cool. Like to hang up in your shop or garage. Um, but we have another one coming, so there'll be three flags here soon. And we've got a couple of ideas for some future ones, but I think we should do um, a leadhead yeah, brigade flag. Ooh, that'd be cool. Leadhead brigade flag. Yeah. Leducating the uneducated leadhead brigade. Hell yeah. That'd be a good one. Yeah. Very cool. So that's the uh, the big so, announcement, Leadheads. So I hope uh, you guys love it as much as I do. Send me your feedback, talkingled at gmail.com, and uh, go check out his stuff. Let me know what you think. Uh, better yet, just go ahead and buy it. Use that discount code, Leadhead or Talking Lead at checkout. You're going to get 10% off. Very cool. James, thank you so much, man. Um, this has been, been yeah, great. I mean, we could talk for hours here. I mean, we've already been on for two hours, so we'll have you back on, definitely. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think you'd be thanks a good— Thanks for letting me pimp my company. Oh, I know. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, I see lots of, of collaborations with us in the future, so good things between Factory 47 and Talking Lead. Uh, but I want to do—you're know, you're a big history buff, and I wanted to talk some history today, but we talked about other things. But I want to get you back on, and let's, uh, let's talk about some historical— uh, stuff medieval times Ooh, yeah I right like right i'm in <laughs> but in the meantime leadheads uh, go and support those that sponsor this show because without them we couldn't bring it to you each and every week at no charge to you the listeners keltech keltechweapons.com 
Mission First Tactical, missionfirsttactical.com, and use that discount code LEADHEAD there and get 20% off at Mission First Tactical. The code is still good, so just keep checking back at their website. And if you see a buttstock, a handguard, a muzzle brake, a magazine, whatever it is, it's not in stock, just let them know that that's what you want and they'll put you on a list. Fiocchi Ammo, same thing with them, man. Ammo's, you know, it's like gold these days. You can find ammo, good for you. Get it while you can. Uh, but they're all cranking it out just as fast as they can. Uh, but go show them the love on social medias. Let them know how much you appreciate them sponsoring the show and that you support them. And, uh, you know, when they have stuff available, you're going to buy it. They uh, love to hear from you. Instagram, Facebook. And Occam Defense Solutions. We talked about Brian there at uh, uh, Occam Defense Solutions at that 1775. And he's got some other products there, too, that you know maybe you want to uh, upgrade your rear sight tower with that uh, with the rail. He's got the rail rail rear sight tower, so you can put a red dot uh, on your AK-47. They just started making those again. There's these butt stocks that they've got uh, as... James was saying earlier, you know, Brian innovated it, and they, you know, they got those 1911 uh, adapters now for their rear trunnions, where you can uh, pop on real quick uh, different styles of uh, butt stocks. And then, you know, if you, if you got the dough, you got the cash, get on the list for one of their 1775, the ODS 1775AKs. They're sweet. Hunting season is coming up, James. It actually already started here in Tennessee. Yeah. Bow season started. Um, not rifle season yet, but it's Same. yeah, it's coming, and I'm taking my 1775 out hunting uh, this year. I'm gonna bring down a big buck with it. You're gonna shoot. You're gonna shoot a deer with a 1775. Hell yeah, I am. <laughs> I took that sucker out this That's weekend and got it sighted in. Yeah, America, baby. That sounds pretty amazing. And that's it, man. That's it for another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, again, go show James, our guest, some love. Factory 47 on his Instagram, Facebook. I'm sure you got Facebook also, right? That's correct. Yep, sure do. Yeah. And then, you know, if he ever gets that podcast going. <laughs> so uh, that's a wrap, Leadheads. Until the next episode, as always, keep your loved ones close. And your AKs closer. And your Factory 47 tumblers filled with your favorite Betty. Might even be that new Coca-Cola alcoholic Betty. (laughs) 